Section seventy three of Greece and Rome. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avaï in October two thousand eighteen. The World's Story, Volume four Greece and Rome. Edited by Eva March Tappan section seventy three a visit to pompeii nineteenth century by charles dickens stand at the bottom of the great market-place of pompeii and look up the silent streets through the ruined temples of jupiter and isis over the broken houses with their inmost sanctuaries open to the day away to mount vesuvius bright and snowy in the peaceful distance and lose all count of time and heed of other things in the strange and melancholy sensation of seeing the destroyed and destroyer making this quiet picture in the sun then ramble on and see at every turn the little familiar tokens of human habitation and everyday pursuits the chafing of the bucket rope in the stone rim of the exhausted well the track of carriage-wheels in the pavement of the street, the marks of drinking-vessels on the stone counter of the wine-shop, the amphorae in private cellars, stored away so many hundred years ago, and undisturbed to this hour, all rendering the solitude and deadly loneliness of the place ten thousand times more solemn than if the volcano in its fury had swept the city from the earth and sunk it in the bottom of the sea after it was shaken by the earthquake which preceded the eruption workmen were employed in shaping out in stone new ornaments for temples and other buildings that had suffered here lies their work outside the city gate as if they would return to-morrow next to the wonder of going up and down the streets and in and out of the houses and traversing the secret chambers of the temples of a religion that has vanished from the earth and finding so many traces of remote antiquity as if the course of time had been stopped after this desolation and there had been no nights and days months years and centuries since nothing is more impressive and terrible than the many evidences of the searching nature of the ashes as bespeaking their irresistible power and the impossibility of escaping them in the wine cellars they forced their way into the earthen vessels displacing the wine and choking them to the brim with dust in the tombs they forced the ashes of the dead from the funeral urns and drained new ruin even into them the mouths and eyes and skulls of all the skeletons were stuffed with this terrible hail. In Herculaneum, where the flood was of a different and heavier kind, it rolled in like a sea. Imagine a deluge of water turned into marble at its height, and that is what is called the lava here. Many of the paintings on the walls in the roofless chambers of both cities or carefully removed to the museum at naples are as fresh and plain as if they had been executed yesterday here are the subjects of still life 
as provisions, dead game, bottles, glasses, and the like, familiar classical stories or mythological fables, always forcibly and plainly told, conceits of cupids, quarrelling, sporting, working at trades, theatrical rehearsals, poets reading their productions to their friends, inscriptions chalked upon the walls, political squibs, advertisements, rough drawings by schoolboys, everything to people and restore the ancient cities in the fancy of the wandering visitor. Furniture, too, you see, of every kind, lamps, tables, couches, vessels for eating, drinking, and cooking, workmen's tools, surgical instruments, tickets for the theatre, pieces of money, personal ornaments, bunches of keys found clenched in the grasps of skeletons, helmets of guards and warriors, little household bells, yet musical with their old domestic tones. The least among these objects lends its aid to swell the interest of Vesuvius and invest it with a perfect fascination. Then, looking from either ruined city into the neighbouring grounds overgrown with beautiful vines and luxuriant trees, and remembering that house upon house, temple on temple, building after building, and street after street, are still lying underneath the roots of all the quiet cultivation, waiting to be turned up to the light of day, is something so wonderful, so full of mystery, so captivating to the imagination, that one would think it would be paramount and yield to nothing else. To nothing but Vesuvius, but the mountain is the genius of the scene. From every indication of the ruin it has worked, we look, again, with an absorbing interest, to where its smoke is rising up into the sky. It is beyond us as we thread the ruined streets, above us as we stand upon the ruined walls, we follow it through every vista of broken columns, as we wander through the empty courtyards of the houses, and through the garlandings and interlacings of every wandering vine. End of section 73